Property Patriot, you are cleared hot. Welcome to the AMI Podcast. I'm Bud Evans. In this episode, we are talking to Sanjay Hegg. He's the founder and president of Blue Ring Investors. Starting in 2021, Sanjay's journey is one of remarkable growth and success. He's a first-generation American and a true testament to the American dream. He came to the country in 2001 with a pharmacist education from India, but had to work a job at $7.25 an hour. Through hard work and dedication, he ascended the corporate ladder, eventually seeking time and freedom. He found his path in multifamily real estate. Today, his company boasts an impressive portfolio of 732 multifamily units and 670 self-storage units across the United States, totaling approximately $75 million in assets under management. Find out how he started, how he stays on the path today. Find out all that and more where we provide real estate investors with the tools to achieve generational wealth. This is the Aim High Podcast, show number 64. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans, and today I am joined by Sanjay Hegday. Good afternoon, Sanjay. How are you today? Good afternoon, Bud. I'm just great peachy, as I always say. I'm six feet above the ground, food on my table, roof over my head. I'm blessed. Can't complain. Any day we're vertical is a good day, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Sanjay, would you do me a favor and give me a quick uh, introduction? Yeah. I'm Sanjay Hegde, founder and president for Blue Ring Investors. Started off uh, with Blue Ring Investors in 2021. As of today, we have about close to 732 units all across the United States in multifamily and 670 units in self-storage, approximately 70 $5 million of assets under management. And I'm a first generation American who came over here in 2001, started on the floor at $7.25 and grew within the company, making close to a quarter of a million dollars and decided that I needed time freedom. And this is how I got into the multifamily. I started passively investing in 2016. So that's how I knew a little bit about numbers and how, how it works. Excellent. Now, did I read right that you were a pharmacist or you went to pharmacy school? Is that- yeah, I'm a pharmacist by education back in India. And when I came over here, I came with my wife, newly married. Took me a while to get my physical green card in my hand because usually you get it within two weeks of you entering into the United States. Mine took about three months. It was, we were here on February 21st. It was cold to India, of course, we had not seen snow until then. So when you're newly married, you don't have a job and it's cold outside, you make babies. So my <laughs> wife was pregnant and I need to, needed to look for a job. So I didn't have the opportunity to go back to college over here and earn my degree, which was necessary to get uh, the pharmacy license. But you're the true American dream, man. You came over here with an incredible education then you jumped into a job that was well below your education level, and then it was on, man. And you jumped right into multifamily after that. Yes, absolutely. I, I, this is why I always say America has always been the land of opportunities, and it always will be the land of opportunities. No matter which country comes ahead, um, it cannot match America because America is purely based on our forefathers have put together certain principles and things in place. So that is the amazing part, and it has great uh, Christian values in it, and uh, people are so good in uh, helping others out. Like, they'll give anybody a, a chance, right? So 
that's the greatness about this country. Uh, so I got to ask you now. Thank you for your service. Yeah. I see that. Uh, oh, you no, thank you. I appreciate it. It was my honor to serve. It's man. It's one of the reasons that I love this country. I love the people in it. I love hearing stories like yeah. yours uh, because it, it reminds me of what I was fighting for. So thank you very much. I, now you're working the floor, right? Your wife is pregnant. How did you get into real estate? So, as I said, I started off at $7.25 on the floor. 9-11 happens. Everything was on full gear. They had shortage of mechanics. So I worked like all of my second shift, half of third shift, half of first shift to make ends meet. And that pretty much helped me build that relationship with the employees as well as the higher ups. And they could see that I was working very hard. And then there was an opportunity for me to become a production supervisor. I did that. And then there was an opportunity for me getting to as a sales rep for North America, for Northeastern region. And then one year into it, they promoted me as the sales manager for North America because I was doing pretty well. I improved the sales even further. So they made me the director of sales for Americas and Asia to grow the other parts of the country. And while I was making with all this growth comes money as well. They always kept saying, put money in real estate. You cannot go wrong. And uh, I, I put started putting money in single family homes. And I also started passively investing in multifamily and self-storage. One of the things I did see is that I was, my passive income was actually giving me the cash flow coming in, whereas my single family was not because what ended up happening is whatever was coming was going towards the mortgage. That's number one. And number two was uh, a lot of that, because I was always traveling, if something would break down, either I have to fix it so that it, it gets done in a cheaper way because labor is quite expensive, or you got to get it done in, uh, by somebody else, uh, but you got to do it. And even if your heater breaks down, so that's about dollars right there. Right. That's gone from your hand. And then if the bathtub goes down, then you got to fix that. So a lot of that money was going towards, a lot of the rent was going towards it. So I was thinking like passively I'm making more money, but not in this one. But that was what got me into multi real uh, estate was all this growth was coming in and I needed to put that money somewhere. So in the, like, You're working on your single family. You're realizing that, oh my goodness. Every time something goes wrong, I'm on the hook for cash, right? So you jumped into multifamily and made your life easier. Now, what was your first deal like? <laughs> it was uh, horrible, actually. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, my deal, but um, there was an opportunity that was given to me saying, hey, Sanjay, you want to raise capital for this? This is your, your thing, right? Hey, yeah, sure. Why not? Because I always wanted to get into, um, because they always ask, what's your superpower? And I always felt, because um, I was in sales and marketing, I felt like that was that would be my superpower would be raising capital because right. I was as the director of sales for Americas and Asia, I was also trained to talk to investors and stuff like that. So I said, okay, let me, this is something that I should be doing. And take it visibly. So I felt really embarrassed. I put my own money into it on the first deal. But what ended up happening was that one of the GPs in that particular uh, deal ended up where they were not very happy with the other rest of the GPs. So like, 
asked that person and say, hey, you're not happy in this one. How much do you expect for your GP share? And they were like, it's hard to judge at this given point of time. So I, I, I just threw in a, a certain dollar amount. and They were like, yeah, we'll take it. And that's how I first really got my first GP deal, I would say. Right. And that's how I got into it. But then later on, that helped me talking to other brokers. Hey, I closed on a deal. This is what I'm doing. This So that kind of gave me attraction into multiple deals. So that's pretty much how it all ended up happening. But at the same time, it also gave me a knowledge about what I was doing wrong to raise capital and what I should do to raise capital. And that helped me to structure blurring investors the way it is. Great. Now, you were a capital raiser on that one. Have you done any other positions in the GP? Yes. We obviously, asset management is something that I do. And obviously, depending on, there are some deals where I also work with the lender, brokers, and things like that. So, Okay. What's your favorite? Capital raising. I love yep. raising capital. It's, it's a lot of fun. You get to meet new people and, and absolutely on a daily basis, understanding what their motivation is to, and and it's many a times it's fun when they hear my story that they feel that huh I can do this too, uh, uh, actively but I, at least passively there is money involved in it, so they see that I was making money passively, so that kind of gives them that encouragement. Yeah, what was the size of that first deal? The first deal was not big; it was a sixty-two unit property and. The total raise was somewhere close to two and a half million dollars. Yeah. That big, 62 units and two and a half million. And I've got new listeners listening to this show going, what? <laughs> well, I can only tell them one thing is that, yes, initially it is difficult. But if you stay the path, you'll get there. The first thing is you got to put a process in place. Don't look at the result. Just focus on the process. And if your process is right, and keep measuring your process, keep looking at it, and keep tweaking your process. And once you have it lined up, remember, the results will come. You guys, with Blue Ring, you put out a series of PDFs. Let's talk about that a little bit, because it's not just like a standard hey, get this PDF and I'll take your information and give you a call every time we have a capital raise. This is, hey, this is how you invest in real estate. Correct. <clears throat> because I think one of the main things is having a good CRM and uh, having the right marketing team, making sure that you're constantly connecting with people, putting out content and educating your investors. I think that's the key, right? Because there are so many people, it's, it's interesting. When I first told somebody, I do this through syndication. They're like, what is syndication? Yeah. And a lot of them did not even know what was multifamily. And it's like, family? What is that? Oh, the rental apartments? Is that what you do? Oh, so how do you put that money in? Like, how do you do that? Oh, that's the syndication. Oh, what is syndication? So to make them understand, I wrote a book to, so that they can get access to it and they can read it. Those who have never done syndication or don't have no understanding of syndication or never invested passively, this would be a great book for them because it gives them an understanding of what how we, what we do with the capital raise. Once we raise the money, how their money is getting used and how do they get their returns? How do we identify properties? 
all of those things that are put in there. So it's a pretty good, it's not a very lengthy book. It's like a 42 page book and mm-hmm. it's easy. You can, in fact, one of my investors before he could invest, it took him a year before he could invest with me. I had met him on my way from Texas coming into Charlotte and he was sitting right next to me. He happened to be a pilot and he was like, oh, what do you do? And we started talking about it and he was like, oh, I said about this book and he said, oh, I'm going to England in a, in the, in a couple of days. Maybe it will be a good read for me. And he took that, he read that, and then he had for an entire year, he had a whole bunch of questions still asking me about, because he wanted to invest, but he was scared. So he wanted to get to know me a little bit. So that happens. Let me put it this way, guys. You'll be surprised. Uh, This is for your listeners who might be worried, like it's not coming in. Let me put it this way. There are times when you'll see that you'll have these people get on your podcast or will get on your webinars and they will not make a single investment. They'll probably call you from time to time and ask you questions, but still not invest. Some of them, after a year's time, they will invest with you. And then there will be some, you'll get a random investor coming in and you'll be like, how do you know about us? Oh, that guy who was listening to your podcast, who's been, you've been talking to him. Yeah. He told me it's a good place to invest. You're like, okay, this guy never invested in me, but he's sending me reference, which right. is unique. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's all collaboration over competition anyway, right? So wherever they're sending them from is a great thing. Absolutely. And as I always say, you got to constantly keep your investors and your um, listeners educated about how you did it, what's going on, what's going on in the industry. How does the new change with your this uh, current uh, financial situation, how does that, uh, what are the things that you got to look for? And all of those things. So, I, in fact, one of the webinars I had done, I had educated the investors what they should be looking in operators like us before they invest. The questions that they should be asking for. I had 51 questions in there. Let's take a quick break. Are you looking to fine-tune your real estate journey? Welcome to the REI Roundtable, your gateway to real estate success. Led by industry veterans Bud Evans and Jen Josie, this accountability group is dedicated to helping real estate investors like you smash through your annual goals. With our unique approach, we break down your big ambitions into manageable weekly bite-sized targets, ensuring you stay on track and motivated. Whether you're looking to expand your portfolio, increase your returns, or simply get more disciplined in your investment journey, the REI Roundtable is here to guide you every step of the way. Join us and let's turn those real estate dreams into concrete achievements. Your path to real estate mastery starts here. Check the link in the description to sign up for the REI Roundtable now. Great. Let's talk about the differences between when you first started and now. How were you sourcing deals then versus how are you sourcing deals now? A lot of the thing is we also sponsor, right? So we have a lot of students who come to us with deals. I help them, educate them on, because when you're getting started, every deal is a great deal, right? Yeah. Every underwriting is a great underwriting because you want to make, you want to close on that deal. And so I help a lot of them with that. But then we sponsor them. We also help with uh, raising capital for them. So that's something that we do. So that's one part of it. Then of course, once you've built that relationship with the brokers, and you have given a clear idea to them as to what are your criteria, main criteria when you're looking for a deal. And also, you closed on deals that they have known, that they know that this guy is a closer, so they bring the deals to you. So those are right. 
pretty much how it works. Great. And that's changed over time now. It, it, initially, when you first started, you're the one making the phone calls to the broker, right? Uh, absolutely. Like you, you, you like were pretty much buttering them, right? Trying to get you the, but at the end of the day, it's one thing that I've learned. They have a product to sell. You got a product to buy. It has a certain price. If the price matches, great. But mo- what is the main thing that was important? Uh, the main thing that is important is that they need to know that you can close and you're not wasting their time. Mm-hmm. They need to know that because there are, when, there are a lot of people who just come out of uh, these institutes. And then they say, hey, I'm going to be this syndicator and I want your pocket listing. Well, I want this thing. And they, they, they don't put in a lot of their time trying to explain to you because they want to make a sale. And then you end up not closing on it. It's a waste of their time. So they want right. to make sure that their time is better utilized. So I always did one thing is, it's always this is one thing I love about multifamily, right? A multifamily is a team sport. And you always like to team up with the right kind of people, like the right kind of sponsor, the right kind of partners. So I was, uh, I would say, I've been very lucky uh, to find the right kind of partners, the right kind of sponsors, the right kind of uh, people who guided me in the right direction and helped me grow. So that is one of the things that I like to do with, to the newcomer, people who are struggling uh, to get in their first deal or even their second deal, I like to give back to them by helping them yeah. and teaching them how to do it. Great. That's the best way to do it. So you yeah. lead them, you, you teach them, and then when they're ready to go, you go, okay, I'll do it over the shoulder with you. Let's go. We'll do this together. And and, and that's the main thing. See, the, I always tell the same thing to when I'm sponsoring somebody. I tell them, I said, you know what, why I like to do this, what I'm doing? It's like, if you want to scale up, and I've been a very firm believer of if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go as a team. And I always tell everybody, you want to like after two or three deals, you're done, right? Yeah, you, you have the network, you have the experience, you can go get the loans and all of those things are great. But if you want to grow and scale it up and build, go for bigger deals, you, you cannot do it by yourself. You right. need to have the right kind of people with you. So if you have them with you, then it helps you to grow. And guess what? Today I've helped you. What's, what we are doing while we're doing this, we're building a relationship. Now you know that you can trust me because guess what? You always do business with people who you trust and you like, right? right. So this is what we are doing. This is a great exercise for us to build that relationship, to build that trust. So this is a win for both of us. And that's how we do things. Great. As you were progressing from seven twenty-five an hour all the way up to where you are now with almost eight hundred doors and a bunch of storage facilities, what's one thing that you learned as your wealth increased? One of the wealth increased. Yes. Just enjoy that wealth. Spend time more with your family, because I'll tell you, I was doing as I said, right at seven dollars twenty-five cents to make my ends meet. I was doing all of uh, my second shift, half of third and half of first. And with that, I was making like $52,000, right? I even get to be on my son's first birthday. And then I lost, uh, after as I was growing, I was never within the country. I was traveling around the world. Yeah, there were some benefits, like you get to travel around the world at somebody else's money. 
But then at the same time, it comes at the cost of not staying with your family, not being able to go out with your family. And you miss a lot of your concerts, you miss the games and all of those things. But now I get to do whatever I want to do at my own time. I go on vacation. For example, for uh, Thanksgiving, we decided to go to Cancun. In June, we went to Europe. We went to Greece and Italy. The year before that, we did the same thing, right? So, yeah, now you get to do all those things. And the beauty about this whole thing is you can still close on a deal while you are still in Europe or any part of the world. So that's the flexibility that you got. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, and you get to still make more money. And save on taxes. That's the beauty. Like, yeah. it, it's crazy the amount of money you can save on taxes because of all the things that you do in real estate. It's, hey, it's a beautiful thing. It's magic. It's magic. It's not magic. <laughs> it's math. True. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic, man. I was in Atlanta closing on a property in New Jersey with a, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Pennsylvania with a New Jersey company doing a DBA. It's crazy. So move on to the soaring four, Sanjay. These are the same four questions that I ask every guest that is going to help someone who is just starting out achieve new heights. So question number one is, what do you use to keep you motivated? It's something that comes from within. And uh, it cannot be, nobody can give you a motivation. You can go and listen to a motivation speech or anything, but it, it has to be from within. So to me, that is a very simple thing. When I first started and... I was making very little money. I remember my son wanted chicken nuggets, not the ones from McDonald's, but he wanted one from that Food Lion store. And I didn't have money at that time. I, I, you know, I, I literally had tears in my eyes because he's not asking for something great, right? Um, and when I was struggling through the whole thing, my wife did not even ask for a single thing from me because she knew that I was working very hard. Um, and she made sure that she could contribute in whatever way she could, but she never has said, you're not taking me anywhere. You're not, we are not going out on vacations. Look at others. Never did she ever say anything, but I could feel it. I could sense it. That burning desire is still in me because I told never am I ever get in that situation. I'm going to get the best for my family. And that is the burning thing. The more I make money, the more I get to take them out, the more I see them having fun. That keeps me motivated because I don't want to go back to where I started from. I learned that completely changed your mindset. Uh, 19 changed a whole lot of things. There were two things that actually changed. In 2017, when my son got into an accident, I was in Japan and I could not, I wasn't here for him. Nothing happened to him with God's grace, but I felt like that was the one time when he probably needed his father to take care of him because it was his first accident ever. And I was not there for him. So that was when I first started thinking about, I got to do something different and something new. Uh, And when COVID-19 happened, happened, I learned how important it is to be with your family, spend more time with your family. Because there are so many near and dear ones people have lost. And they were not able to do a lot of things for them. Those are the two things that really changed me. I needed time freedom and needed to spend more time yeah all right what are tools some tools that you use to keep you on track having a strong crm that's number one make sure that you have your crm 
And Calendly is another one. Make sure that you use your Calendly wisely. Connect it to your Outlook or CRM you're using so that all or calendar you're using to make sure that people are easy to reach to you. Make sure that you put in all the right kind of lead magnets up there so that make it easy for somebody to get connected with. Yeah. So that's the easiest thing that you can do. So having a good CRM is the right thing to do. Right. You have it all built. What are you using? So I used to give campaign, but now I'm using Go High Level. Okay. Seems to be a comp I use. Oh, yeah. Everybody's moving over to that platform, man. Yeah. So right. It's got a lot of good features. You can automate a lot of things. And also, it's not as expensive. Yeah, exactly. And then what is one thing you would change if you had to start all over? I would not change anything if I had to start all over. The reason is, the reason I say this is because I am what I am today because of what I went through. If right. I have not gone through all of that, I probably would have not been able to do what I'm doing today. So to me, that is the thing. But I, I would definitely say one thing to everybody. If there are young listeners over here, if you are on the fence trying to figure out, or should I be doing it now? Or should I wait till when I start making some money or anything? My answer to them would be is, don't think about it, just jump. Get into it real quick. And when you get into it real quick, don't wait for the project to come in before you start raising capital or starting talking to people about it. Start doing it from day one. Start doing it from day one. So that, that, that would be the thing that I would suggest. Well said, sir. Well said. Sanjay, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much for your time. I do want to know if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? They can reach out to me by uh, going to my website, www.blueringinvestors.com. Uh, under um, About Us and Contacts. There is my Calendly out there. Uh, they can also, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, networks you want. I'm on LinkedIn as well. They can also reach me on my phone, 828-391-4805. Well, that would be another way of... Just putting that right out there, man. Network is your net worth, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. But uh, Bob, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, plus, at the same time, I hope whatever I said did bring some value to your uh, listeners. But if there's anything else that I can do to bring value, please don't hesitate to connect and uh, let's work together and grow together. Excellent. All right, Sanjay, thank you very much for your time today. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. And you as well. And Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being a part of the Aim High community. Your support drives us to create valuable content, and we can't wait to see your success stories in real estate investing. Till next time, Aim High, never stop learning. Bud Evans, signing off. We'll see you soon.